Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Chapter 11, we began uh, learning some things from uh, Hebrews chapter 11 last week. And one of the things that we learned from the book of Hebrews, uh, which many people believe uh, there's uh, not certain proof that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but many believe, many scholars believe, that because of the style of that letter, that uh, it was Paul who wrote it. But Paul, whoever it was, uh, I do believe it was probably Paul just by uh, the writing there. But many people believe he was writing to them because they were on the verge. These New Testament believers were on the verge of uh, going through some troubles in their life. And they were on the verge of giving up. They were going through some hard times. They were going through some persecution. Uh, they had all these things going on in their church and in their personal lives. And they were at a place where they felt like just giving up. They felt like throwing in the towel. And I know many of us, uh, if we were to be honest with ourselves, we face some troubles. We go through some valleys sometimes, and it can get dark around us, and we may feel like that we just want to give up. I talked to a pastor this Thursday, and he was just sharing some things with me. And he said, man, do you know how close I am from quitting everything right now? And it's because people are going through some things in their life. And if you're not careful, the devil will discourage you, and he will deceive you, and he'll make you want to give up in your faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so this writer of Hebrews, he comes along here, and he comes alongside of these Christians and he begins to give them a word and a letter to encourage them to endure in the faith, to not give up, but to keep going. Yes, listen to me. I'm telling you, there's going to be some challenges in life. Uh, it's not always going to be a cakewalk. It's not always going to be a bed of roses. There are going to be some battles that you go through. But the writer of Hebrews is telling us that if we'll keep our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will win the battle. So we need to make sure that our faith is in Jesus Christ. And so uh, he tells them to endure, but then he does something so special because I want some chair, and I know they've been through something that I'm going through right now. If I can relate to somebody sitting in the pew or somebody in the chair, and I know they've been through something that I'm going through right now, it encourages me. So this writer here says, not only do you need to endure in the faith, but I want you to look at this long list of Old Testament saints that have been through some battles and have been through some challenges, but they kept the faith in God. And that's where we find these heroes of faith like Abraham and like Sarah and like Enoch. I talked about him last week, like Noah like Moses and Joseph and Rahab and many others. And here's what impresses me about this list of heroes they were people that had some messed up lives. They were just messed up. I heard one guy say they were tore up from the floor up. They, they had their own issues, but here, here's the thing. God still used them. They, they were everyday people just like you and me, and they had one thing in common. They all had great faith in God. They had great faith in God. That's why they were listed as heroes of the faith. So last week we learned, what is a hero? A hero is somebody that's brave. A hero is someone that is courageous. A hero is somebody that will go above and beyond 
to uh, rescue somebody, to save someone, to help someone. A hero is someone with integrity. A hero is someone you can trust. A hero is somebody that's willing to give up everything for a mission. Everything will be given up. A sacrifice will be made so the mission can, can be completed. And last week, we took some time as we learned about these heroes to honor some local community heroes. And the Bible tells us to give honor where honor is due. Last week, we honored the Helping Hands Ministry right here in Mount Olive. We honored the men of FIC. And today, we're going to honor some more heroes, some ordinary people with extraordinary faith. They're being recognized today by our church because they're recognized because most of all of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're also being recognized because of the impact that they're making on our local community all for the glory of God. Now that's a true hero, right? Today we're going to be honoring, making a difference uh, in our community. So today we're going to be honoring the Outlaw Foundation. I'm so thankful and grateful for the impact that they're making in our community and I want to invite the Outlaw Foundation to the stage now. And anyone who wants to join them as a part of the team, you come and uh, just join me here on the platform. Let's welcome them today. This is the Outlaw Foundation. I know many of you are familiar with it. You're going to hear a little bit more about it. How many of you have heard of the Outlaw Foundation before? Wow, man, praise the Lord. And uh, it's led by uh, Bill Outlaw, his wife Candace, and Gage and Reese. And I know they have a team around them that helps them and supports them in so many ways. And they're making a difference in our community. Uh, if you get a chance to go on their website and look, you'll see that their, their mission is to help anybody that's battling with cancer. And uh, I tell you, they've made such a great impact in our community and touching the lives of people. And our church recognizes that, Bill. We really do. And we're so thankful. Most of all... Uh, I mean, man, you got a powerful testimony yourself, and uh, I know you've been here at times in different uh, settings to share that testimony, but we're thankful for your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful for what God is doing through your family and also through the Outlaw Foundation. So what we wanted to do today as a church was to just honor you and honor uh, the uh, Outlaw Foundation. This says Community Hero Award presented to the Outlaw Foundation, presented by Myla First Pentecostal Church 2019. And we also wanted to present to you a love offering to go with it so you can continue on with your mission in touching the lives of people right here in our own community. And we just want to thank God for you and thank God for your heart and your passion to make a difference. Can we give the Lord a hand for the Outlaw Foundation? Now, I know Bill's not shy with words. So we want, to, but we want to give him a chance to greet you and to share a little bit about the Outlaw Foundation. So uh, thank you, Bill. Thank you, uh, Bill, Jessica Fields, Brian, inviting us here today, my family. Jessica Field, Jessica Fields, Brian, and her husband, William, are with us. Jessica handles all of our uh, communications with our patients, writes all the checks. I just sign them. So I give her a lot of credit. She also... Um, organizes the 5k and keeps us straight during the golf tournament as well and panics when we need to panic <laughs> um, I'm no hero I sin every day every day but I but I pray to God every night and all through the day that he'll give me a second chance and thank him for the wonderful blessings that he's placed upon us and also uh, I pray every day that he heals those who are sick and comforts those who have lost loved ones. 
through this sickness and other, other diseases. How many people has been at one of our events? Raise your hand. For the rest of you, you need to join us. <laughs> uh, we've helped. Our Outlaw Foundation is not about me. It's not about my family. It's about what God gave us a chance to do. We, we've been fortunate enough to help 236 families in eastern North Carolina. Praise God. That total number of dollars comes to $319,000 that we've spent. So every penny that you come to an event and help us raise, every penny goes towards a family in need. Not one penny goes to a board member, a family member, myself, or anybody else. This is the most transparent organization I think you'll ever find in, in, in anywhere you'll go. So just trust me, every dollar, every penny you give to us will go to a family in need during the most difficult times. And believe me, there's a lot of families out there battling cancer. It's actually been one that has survived this somebody, or if you've got a family member or you've actually been one that has survived this disease or currently going through it, everybody in here will raise their hand. That's There's true. no doubt about it. So, so all of Eastern North Carolina, you're not just helping here in, North, in, in Mount Olive. You're helping people from Brunswick County, Washington County, Beaufort County. You're helping all over Eastern North Carolina. So trust me, we will do our part if you'll help us. And look, it wouldn't be possible without you all and without God. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Let's uh, hold one second. We want to have a prayer over the Outlaw Foundation that God would continue to bless them and continue to use them to touch people all throughout eastern North Carolina. So we just extend your hand to the Outlaw Foundation and let's pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, first God, we just thank you. We praise you today, God, for the Outlaw Foundation and God, this, this passion and this burden that you placed upon their heart, Lord, to be able to serve and to minister, God, all throughout North Carolina. We pray right now, Lord, that you would just continue to support God and encourage them. God, give them just a fresh energy, God, and a zeal, Lord. Give them wisdom, God, as they make decisions. We pray, Lord, that everything that they do through the Outlaw Foundation would bring glory and to bring honor to you in all things, God. We thank you right now, Lord. We ask, God, that you would just expand that territory, provide for every need that they may have, and we're believing that through it all, Lord, that every life that's touched, they would encounter you, Jesus, and they would just become a, a believer, and that they would become healed, and God, they would begin to follow you all the days of their life, and we thank you right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord another hand, thank you, God bless you, man, appreciate you, Bill, bless you, man, bless you, buddy. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for ordinary people with great faith, with great faith, and we appreciate what God is doing there, and thank you for taking time to be with us today. What is faith? What is faith? We learned last week in Hebrews 11 that faith is being, would be, faith is just trusting God for the not see. In the Jeff Dale commentary, it would be, faith is just trusting God for the unseen. Faith is having uh, hope in God for something that has not happened yet. That's what faith is, just trusting God for things that have not taken place yet. And in our day, friend, we need faith. Listen, as a Christian, it's essential that you have faith. You come to God through faith. 
You have to have faith in God. And the Bible says that without faith, you cannot what? You can't please God without faith. So we need faith. Faith is what activates the promises, those promises that we've been singing about. Faith is what activates those promises. Faith is what activates the power of God in our walk. It's walking by faith and not by sight that you can begin to live a supernatural life. That's why you see in the book of Acts people walking around and, and, and grabbing other people by the hands that were crippled and lifting them up and then they're able to walk, laying hands on people that were blind and now they can see. It's a supernatural walk because you're walking in faith. So God help us to have that walk of faith so we can encounter the power of God in our life. Last week we learned about Enoch, how uh, he walked with God. Some lessons that we learned, just a quick review for some of you that may have not have been here and uh, sometimes it's good to hear it again. To Enoch, he walked with God. He pleased God because he walked with God. Well, he walked with God, and the only way you can walk with God is like Enoch. you got to know God is real. God is not some it or some force. God is a person. It's a personal walk with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a personal walk. Aren't you grateful today that you can have a personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? And not only is it a personal walk, but as long as you walk with the Lord, we learn from Enoch that as you walk with him, he will reward those who seek after him. There's a reward that comes from walking with God. It may not be the kind of reward that you think the world can offer. It'll be a reward of a peace that surpasses all understanding when you're going through one of the most difficult times. It might be the joy of the Lord that's giving you the... Aren't you grateful today we serve a God that will reward with his presence? He'll reward you with his power Aren't you grateful today we serve a God that reward, rewards us if we seek after him? And we learn from meaning that walking with God is a lifestyle. Walking with God is just not showing up on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night for a service. Walking with God is 24-7, all day, every day. Are you walking with God like Enoch? I pray we all are. So today, just for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about another uh, hero from the Hall of Fame of Faith, and that is Noah. Noah. I thought it was interesting this morning around 5 o'clock there at my house when I was studying about Noah and reading about Noah, the rain. So we talk about Noah. Hebrews eleven seven says this, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear he built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. If you want to know more about Noah and why he pleased God with his faith, you have to rewind and go back to Genesis chapter 6 and you find the account of Noah's life. I'm not going to read all of it to you, but I want to read a little bit just to keep it in context. I put one scripture up there for you to remember because that's the main one. But in starting in verse 9 of chapter 6 of Genesis, going all the way to 22, it says this. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you're to build the ark. Build the ark, it's high. 
make a roof for and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Look at the details there. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower and middle and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark and you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You're to bring into the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. They will come to you, Noah. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I was reading it this morning, I was thinking, Lord, let there be some coffee. I mean, you know, maybe some donuts. I wonder what Noah was thinking. Here's what verse 22 says. Listen to this. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. That's the verse right there. Noah did everything. Noah did everything that God commanded him. He obeyed God. The reason that Noah is in this list of heroes of faith is because he was a man who walked with God in obedience. He walked in obedience. So what is obedience? Obedience is just hearing the voice of God and then begin to move your feet. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And see, that's what obedience is. You hear the voice of God, you trust God, and you begin to move your feet. If God says go, you go. If God says stop, you stop. If God says turn, you turn. If God says speak, you speak. If God says be quiet, you be quiet. Here's the thing. Whatever God says, you be willing to do it. So God help us to be like Noah, who was a great example for us, that we would walk in complete obedience to God. Friend, I know it sounds great and it sounds easy, but it's hard to do sometimes. Can I get an amen? amen? To walk in complete obedience to God. But Noah did. Now, he was not perfect by no means. We know that later on. But he And Noah obeyed God's work. Here's what he did. He obeyed God's warning and Noah obeyed God's work. He obeyed God's warning and he obeyed God's work. Here's what I mean. During the days of Noah, we read in the scriptures, I just read it to you, that the days of Noah were evil and corrupt. And God came to Noah and spoke to Noah and warned him. He says there's a coming judgment coming because of the evil and the violence in the land. And so he warns Noah and he tells Noah to go and warn the world that judgment is coming. And Noah obeyed the warning. Noah obeyed God. You know how I know this? Because if you look over in 2 Peter, Peter says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Now, a preacher is a proclaimer. A preacher is someone who heralds good news. A preacher gives you something that the king has said and, and begins to declare it. A preacher is a proclaimer. A preacher is a witness for the Lord. And friend, listen, Noah was a preacher. You didn't have to worry where Noah stood. Everybody in that land that day, they knew where Noah stood. They knew that he was a man of God. He was very outspoken. He was not ashamed of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He took a stand in his day. Everybody knew that Noah stood with God. The Bible says that Noah was a righteous man. He was a blameless man who walked with God. He was living in one of the most corrupt times, the most evil times, sexual immorality. Murder, violence, mockery, demonic activity going on. Does that sound familiar to you today? You know, the Bible says that in the days like Noah, some come, so come the Son of Man. 
and it was a dark time right there. Noah, and listen, it was a dark time of all that violence and wickedness going on. And in the middle of all that, here you have Noah, and he's walking with God. The Bible says that everyone was evil. That means that Noah was the only one on earth that was walking with God. Can you imagine that? Everyone else is involved in wickedness and corruption and evil. And then you have this one man. Nobody else will walk with God. Walking with God. Walking with God when nobody else will walk with God. Man, that's a lesson for us today, isn't it? That we'll walk with God when nobody else is walking with God. He was blameless and he lived a righteous life. He was not going to be conformed to the things of this world. The Bible says in Romans 12 too, don't conform to any pattern of this world. And Noah had made up his mind. They can live like that if they want to, but for me, I'm going to walk with the Lord. And Noah, he did that because he had a heart. He had a heart to please God. He had a heart to obey God rather than pleasing man and rather than obeying man, he wanted to obey God. But I was thinking, can you imagine? I mean, I'm just, my mind goes crazy sometimes just thinking he's the only man on earth that's walking with God. Can you imagine the, the temptation and the pressure that was around him to give in to the things of the culture? I mean, here he is. He's got a message for the world, and he's telling them that judgment is coming, but I'm sure the world had a message for Noah. Come on, Noah. Come on. Why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you worshiping the Lord? Why are you walking with God? Come on, Noah. Won't you join in with us? Everybody's doing it. Come on, Noah. Don't be a party pooper. Noah had this great pressure around him in his life to give in and to conform to the culture that was around him, a dark and evil culture. And I'm sure that many of us here today, some of us are feeling that pressure to conform to the ways of our culture right now. You may feel it at home. You may feel it at your work. You may feel it in an organization. You may be feeling it at school. But there's a, there's a pressure for people to conform, a pressure for us to be tolerant to sinful behavior. A pressure for us to be silent about our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what, I was blessed and have been blessed for the last couple of weeks. And I'm not trying to embarrass him or pick on him or nothing, but Gage, I appreciate you that had Gage and Camden on the front page and the Duplin County FCA uh, Fields of Faith. They had the very first one on the field at North Duplin High School. Praise the Lord. They were glorifying Jesus out there on the football field. And then uh, this past Thursday for the National Day of Prayer, I was there with the kids at North Duplin, and, and we had uh, one kid sharing a scripture, and then Gage stood up and gave a, a great devotion on the love of God. And then Michaela Jones, she led a powerful prayer. And I'm thinking, man, glory to God that we got some kids that will stand up in this day for the glory of God. Glory to God. But there's a pressure. There's a pressure for us to be silent about our faith. There's a pressure for us to, to cheat the system or cheat people like everybody else is doing. There's a pressure for us to participate in the perversion that we see in our land. There's a pressure for us to, okay, what the Bible clearly says is wrong. There's a pressure today for us as parents to let your kids live any old way they want to because that's how the parents down the road do it. My reply to that is when they start putting food on the table and they start buying your clothes and shoes, then you can go down there and hang with them and do what they want to do. But as long as I'm paying the bills and feeding you, you're going to do what I want to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
That's why they stay mad with me half the time. There's a pressure. There's a pressure out there today. Pressure for you to sleep around before you get married. Pressure for you to drink this. Pressure for you to snort this. Pressure for you to smoke this. Pressure for you to look at this. I want to tell you, friend, I know the pressure is real because we all feel it. We all feel it every day, and it's just going to intensify, and you can take this to the bank right now. I'm here to tell you, it's going to get worse, it's going to get darker, and the pressure is going to continue to get stronger in our life. And that's why, that's why you need to wake up every day and put on the full armor of God and have the Lord, the Holy Spirit inside of you so you can walk through all that mess when it's dark and walk like Noah and just keep walking with God. Walk pressure. That's why we need God help us to walk with God. Not to give in to the pressure. That's why we need to be like Noah. Even though we feel the pressure, we want. That's going to be our testimony. It's going to be our testimony. No, that guy there, that lady there, they walked with integrity. They walked in the ways of God. They were a praying man. They were a praying woman. Let that be our testimony that we obeyed God. I can't think of anything greater. If, if when I leave this place and I go to heaven and they do anything at all, I want it to be only about Jesus. And if they say anything at all, just say, he obeyed God. He obeyed God. Whatever he did, he just obeyed God. That's the main thing. He obeyed God. And Noah obeyed God's warning. And finally here, Noah obeyed God's work. God told Noah to build an ark to save his family. That's the sermon right there. Noah obeyed God and he started working on the ark by faith. He started chopping down wood by faith. He started building a boat that's 100 miles away from the ocean. He started building a boat and he'd never seen rain. He built a boat because the Lord said build the boat. He'd never seen rain, yet he starts to build. And that just reminds me that no matter what God says, you have to take him at his word and just start working. And that sometimes God will tell you some things that don't make sense. You'll hear God begin to speak to you and it won't make sense to you. He'll, he'll say something. He'll give you a work assignment and it won't make sense. He'll give you something to do, but he won't tell you all the details. He won't tell you how it's all going to work out. He's just going to say, start working. And I'm grateful today that the Lord says in Isaiah 55, 8, the Lord says that my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are my ways your ways. Aren't you grateful that God's ways are higher than the ways of man? Amen. We have to trust God. Listen to me, friend. Please listen to me. We have to trust God even when it doesn't make sense. I, I know, you still have to trust God even when it doesn't like they're just unraveling and everything's going even crazier. But listen, you still have to trust God even when it doesn't make sense. I'm thinking about the life of Peter. Do you remember when he went fishing and he went out on the boat and they said he, he, he fished all night and the Lord Jesus got into the boat with him and the Lord said, look, I know you fished all night long, but you need to go out a little bit deeper and put your nets out again. And I can hear Peter right now, listen, you stick with preaching, Jesus. I'm the fisherman here. But he says, you know what? I'm going to do, even though it doesn't make sense, Lord, I'm going to do what you said do. So Peter obeyed the Lord, and guess what happened? He launched out the nets, and there were so many fish, the nets were about to break, and they didn't even have enough boats to get the fish in. And that just tells me um, obedience will unlock the blessing in your life. Obedience will unlock those blessings in your life. The supernatural can occur when you start to obey God. 
God can be trusted. God can be trusted even when it doesn't make sense. I bet some of you can testify to that. When you were going through some things and hearing the Lord speaking, it's like, man, this don't even make sense. Sometimes when it doesn't make sense and the Lord can give you some things, you're like, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? You better get ready because something big is about to happen. I'll tell you, just a couple of weeks ago, I haven't really shared this with the church. I've shared it with a few here in the church. But the Lord laid a gentleman on my heart, a man that, uh, that I have respected uh, all through high school and, and even into my adult years, but he's somebody that has always intimidated me. He intimidated me when I was a young boy, and he still intimidates me today. And the Lord, through a dream, put this man on my heart. And, and I'm, I don't want to go too far here with this, but in the dream, a, a building collapses on top of this man but right as the building collapses he reaches his hand out to mine and I grab his hand he grabs mine and the building kind of misses him and then he comes out he's got a new joy and then the Lord says now he's all around him and they're rejoicing and I'm thinking man and then the Lord says now you need to go to him and tell him this dream I was like whoa Because you, you, you just don't never know with your dreams. I don't, I don't flow like that. I don't do it. Because sometimes I dream about unicorns delivering Krispy Kreme donuts to the house. <laughs> it's true. But I woke up this morning. That morning I woke up from that dream. And it was just like, it was just as real as what it is right now. You hear my voice. And I began to pray, Lord, tell me what's going on. I mean, I hadn't seen this man. He just haven't talked to him. He intimidates me, and the Lord says, I want you to go to him, and I want you to tell him this dream. Well, you know what I started doing, making excuses. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes you can say you're praying, but you're really stalling. I'm praying about it, I'm praying, and I was praying about it because I wanted it to be from the Lord, and I got some confirmation before I ever went. And about two weeks later, on a Tuesday, I finally decided, Lord, I'm tired of getting this spanking, I'm going to move my feet. And so I stepped out in faith and I said, today I'm going to drive to his work. I'm going to walk in there where he works at and tell him that I need to meet with him and his wife privately and could I do it this afternoon. So I drove over there on my car. I pulled up in the parking lot and I'm sitting there in the car and I'm praying before I go in. And I'm saying to myself, I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going in. And about that third time, I see the gentleman walk out the front of the business walking toward the parking lot where I am. And guess what I did? I cranked up my car and took off. <laughs> I chickened out. I chickened out. I really did. I'm sorry to tell you that as your pastor, but I chickened out. I really felt like Ananias going to Saul. And so I got in my car and I drove off and I went to Goldsboro and I visited somebody that didn't intimidate me. I visited somebody that was comfortable visiting. And then on my way back, and he was gone. I called again. So I went by his work, and he was gone. I called a number that I had that somebody had researched for me, and no answer. So I said, Lord, here we go. I'm going to die today. And I drove straight to his house where he lives at. I got out of my car, and my knees were shaking. And went to his back door and knocked on the door, and there, this man, a Saul, came to the door. And he said, did you just try to call my house? Yes, sir. 
Crazy people try to call my house sometimes. I'm thinking, you're getting ready to think I'm really crazy. <laughs> and I'm going somewhere this, I promise. And I walked in and I just took some time to let them know how much I appreciated them and let them know that I was intimidated and this was not the norm for me. I don't do stuff like this. But I'm just telling you, every time that I've thought about you and prayed about you, all I can do is cry. All I can do is my heart is broken for your soul. And he sat across from me with his wife, and I began to tell him this dream about this building coming down on top of him and collapsing. But when he reached his hand out for help, his whole life changed. And I told him this dream, and, and I began to tell him the gospel and, and how Jesus can change everything. And then I asked, is there any way, would you mind if I prayed with you? And we prayed there, right there in their living room floor, and I prayed with them. And then I got ready to leave, and I kept hearing this question from the wife. Can you tell me what the dream means? Do you, do you have any idea what that building is? Do you know what the dream is? I have no idea. only thing I can tell you, ma'am, is I'm here to obey God. And I walked out. And felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off me because I had obeyed the Lord. And the very next morning, the Lord confirmed that it was all for him and for his glory. And it was a God thing. And God is still working in that situation. But my point is this. If God is, don't stall about it. But if God is saying go sense, don't just brush it to the side and just don't stall about it. But if God is saying go do it, then friend, go do it because that's when the blessing can be unlocked. So God help us today. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and help me as we get ready to just pray and we're going to close this down to obey the Lord. Help us to be like Noah. Help us to be like Noah, to trust God that he's going to work things out even when we cannot see. Even when there's no evidence around you of things changing, will you still trust God? Would you please, that's my heart today, would you trust God and be willing to move your feet when he says move? It could be to go pray for somebody. It could be to go witness to somebody. It could be just to come around somebody and encourage them. But whatever it is that God's saying, would you please do it? Because lives are at stake. Do you understand that if Noah would have disobeyed God, his family would have perished? Your, your obedience, friend, is everything to God. It will unlock the supernatural. It's what will produce the results in your life is when you obey God. Let me ask you this morning. The same question the Lord asked, asked me. Are you obeying God completely? Are you obeying God completely? Have you fully surrendered your life to God and you're so sensitive to his voice that when he says, I want you doing this, I don't want you going there. You, this is what you want, but here's what I want. Are you willing to move and adjust your life and adjust your schedule, adjust everything so you can walk with God? Man, I, that's where I want to be. Because that's when you're going to experience the power of God in your life, the supernatural power of God. There's, there's no way if I do this, how can I do it? I mean, I, I need to do, no, no, it's not about you. It's, when you walk with me, it's going to be me doing the work. And God's going to be glorified. It's not going to be comfortable walking in obedience to God. But it is in a place where you can experience the supernatural power of God. Just it's like Noah. God, let it be so. He may be calling some of you to be preachers of righteousness like Noah. God, let it be so. Let it be so. Place a calling on some people. He might be calling you to start something.
to help somebody do something. I can assure you that uh, Bill would testify that it's the voice of God that's led them to where they are now in their ministry there with Outlaw Foundation. It's about obeying God and trusting the Lord. It's about being like Noah and obeying God's warning. And God may be warning somebody here today that you're living in sin and that you have rejected and rebelled against Jesus Christ. And today would be the day of salvation that you would finally say yes and that you would repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to me, friend. Whoever you are today, do you realize that there's hope in Christ? And the reason you can have hope in Jesus Christ is because he loved you so much that he would go to the cross at Calvary and that he would be killed for you. He would be crucified for you. He would shed his blood for you so that your sins could be washed away and you could have everlasting life. And then listen, he loves you so much, God does, that when they put Jesus into the grave, he conquered the grave and was resurrected. And because he lives forever, you can have eternity as well. You can live forever, friend, with God in a place called heaven. But it all begins at the cross at Calvary. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because listen, like Noah's message about the coming judgment, Jesus is coming back again. Are you ready? Are you ready? Man, I'm telling you, praying on the way to church this morning, my, there, there's someone inside of me that just pleads with you. Are you ready? I love you. Are you ready? Make sure that you're saved and you're ready to go. Like in the days of Noah, they're running to and fro and nobody's even concerned or even with their eyes looking unto ever and think, well, I can get right next week, next month. You, you can keep right on like you're doing and doing whatever and think, well, I can get right next week, next month. But I can tell you, friend, one day, one day, one day, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Would you bow your heads across this place, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, speak to every heart in here today. Lord, let them know how much you love them and let them know how much we love them. If you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, to be your Lord and Savior, or maybe you were at one time walking with him, but you've kind of got away and you want to return back to God today, you want to begin walking with God like Noah did, and that's you. Would you just lift your hand? Nobody's looking around. Would you be willing to lift your hand and be honest to God right now and say, I just want to thank you for obeying the Lord. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand down. Thank you, sir. Thank you for obeying the Lord. Right there where you are, you can just begin to pray and just call on the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And today, Lord, I want to turn from that sin in my life. I want to turn. And I know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So today I place my faith in Jesus. God, your word says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I too shall be saved. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I believe, Lord, I confess and I believe. And today I put my faith in you, Jesus, to be my Savior and to be my Lord. I don't want to play no more games. I want to walk with you forever. I want to walk with you even in the darkest days of our culture. I want to walk with you, God. I want to give you glory with my life. So I submit and I surrender everything now so I can obey you. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus. Make it personal to him, friend. Make it personal. Just talk to him right there for just a few more minutes. Just talk to him. He loves you. Jesus loves you. Thank you, Lord.